us safe in the storm. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 13. Uh, if anybody, if anybody needs one of these lessons, if anybody needs a lesson, uh, would you hold your hand up real high? Uh, we'll make sure right down here on the front, let's, right here, Brother Mike. Anybody else need a lesson? Way down here on the front on this side, Brother Jimmy, all the way down to the front. Everybody else, just stand to your feet, and we're going to read. Uh, but I want to make sure everybody has a lesson. I don't do this all the time, uh, but there are some that God just specifically puts on my heart on a Sunday morning. It's awful difficult sometimes to, to, to provide this many lessons uh, uh, just because of copying cost and ink and paper and blah, 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 the whole deal. Uh, but this was one of them kind. I just feel impressed of God to, to, to do this, uh, to help you remember it, uh, to also to keep it with you, and you can take it home and look over it later. Uh, but does everybody have one? Does anybody need a lesson? Hold your hand up real high. If you need a lesson, we'll make sure you get one. Anybody, way down here on the front, I think we missed one. Uh, Brother Aaron, if you'll give me one of them lessons down here on the front, I think we missed one right here on the front, young lady right here. Anybody else? Okay, all right. If you are in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13, say amen. amen. The Bible says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art a John the Baptist. Uh, he, he came in the power uh, and was preaching the same message John was, so they thought it was him. Some Elias and others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, This is even the more important question than the first one. It don't matter what others say about me. Who do you say that I am? Amen. You know, the world says a lot of things about our Lord Jesus Christ. They make fun of him, they, 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 they ridicule him, they mock him, they deny his name. And that's okay, that's okay. Because one day there will be a payday. Amen. One day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Amen. The question this morning is, who do you say that he is? Who is Jesus Christ to you? And Simon Peter answered and said, unto, uh, uh, said Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. He was a believer. He trusted God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou... Now, this is, this is cool. I say it's cool. It's interesting to me. Uh, blessed art thou... Remember this. He's, he's blessing Peter. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, thou art a stone, thou art a rock. Uh, 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 basically, uh, he is uh, doing a play of words here. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Underline that in your Bible. If you have a pen, if you have a, uh, a something to write with, I would encourage you to, when you come to the house of God, bring something to write with. Uh, you may find something that you need later on. I had some good advice given me one time. Go to church and get all you can, and then can all you get. Can all you get so you can take it home with you. Underline from that time for he got it out of the way he got the question whom do men say that I am he 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 found out that they were believers he 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 knew who they was but they needed to know it so in getting out of the way our salvation our belief in him our confidence in him our assurance that he is the lord now he begins to get a little deeper from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and and suffer Suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. <laughs> then watch Peter. Peter's getting blessed one minute. Then Peter took him physically, taking him, and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. Thou art an offense unto me. 
The word offense means a stumbling block. In one verse, just a few verses later, he was a rock and now he's a block. At one minute, he's confessing, Woo, you're the Lord, you're the Lord. And we all like to shout about that. But he has the same problem a lot of us have. When we go to talking about suffering, Whoa, wait a minute now. He said, Thou art an offense unto me. Why? For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. He says and goes on. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. and Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man, read it with me, according to his word. Lord, help us today. God, I, I, I believe I have your word, but Lord, I'm, I'm waiting for that unction. I'm waiting for that touch. God, touch me again. Touch me this morning. I need you to help me. God, help me to deliver your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated this morning. The disciples were much like a lot of us. Uh, they, they were following the Lord in the good times. It's easy, it's easy to, 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 to be true. It's easy to be uh, faithful. It's easy to be uh, uh, dependable. It's easy... Uh, to be uh, what we, we like to be when everything's going well, when we're hungry and He feeds us, when we're in the storm and He calms and says, Peace be still. Uh, it, it's easy to follow the Lord then. It's easy to follow the Lord when, when he, he, he lets you catch fish like it's going out of style. It's, it's easy to follow the Lord when He's sitting there healing the blind and the, and the lame and the sick. And, 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 and it's easy to follow the Lord when, when He's doing things and doing the impossible and doing the miracles. And, and you know, there's many people that want to follow the circus Christ, the one that's always performing, the one that's always doing things. There, there is a movement in our country uh, on TV and everywhere you see where uh, they're always portraying, promoting uh, the, the, the miracles and all the sideshow things. And, and listen, it's, it's more than just that. God can do anything He wants to do it anywhere. He wants to do it any way. He wants to do it with anybody He wants to do it with. But I'm here to tell you, it's more than what they're putting out. It's more than what they're telling you. He said, listen, I am interested in people who want to follow me, not for what they can get out of me, but follow me because they are here and they are concerned about who I am. They were following to see the miracles. They were following to see the, 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 the things that he was doing. And he, he is concerned about this. And he, he, he asked a question. He said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples, they replied, uh, some John the Baptist, some uh, Elijah, and some one of the prophets, and, and, and they think you're all kind of people. And, and, and he said, but, but more importantly, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He confronts his disciples, and he, he wants to know about their spiritual condition. He wants to know about their spiritual state. He said, who do you think I am? Do you believe that I'm the Christ? Do you believe that I am the Son of God? Do you believe that I am the Messiah? And listen, they replied in a great way. Peter stood up and said, I want you to know, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want to stand and make my confession. I want to make my profession in front of everybody and everything. I think you are the one who Jesus, or excuse me, who God the Father sent to be our Savior and our Lord. I believe you're the one we are to follow. And that was wonderful. That was wonderful. That's what we did today. We sang songs to him, and, and we stand and we'll profess we were saved, and we, we got baptized to, to make an outward testimony that we are believers, and I am saved. Uh, we don't have no problem standing up and saying, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm born again. Bless God. I'll say my blessing at Burger King's. Amen. Amen. We'll do that. Jesus says, Okay. Okay, now he begins to take them places they've never been. Now he begins to share what's really going to happen. Now he begins to go deeper and, and, and where much is given. God's given us a lot this year. Now God's fixing to start requiring some things. 
He said, from that time forth, he began to share. He began to share with the disciples how he must suffer, how he must be betrayed, how he will be mutilated, how he will be beaten, how he will be uh, uh, lied about and spit upon, and, and how he must suffer many things and die. Suffer many things and die. Now, same one, same one that spoke up in the first place, the same one who said, Thou art the Christ. In other words, they're saying, You're everything. You're God. You know everything. You are everything. We're here to follow you. All this stuff. But then he says this, Oh, no, you're wrong about this. Do y'all catch that? I believe thou art the Christ. I believe thou art the Messiah. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you are God. Now he's correcting him, telling him he's wrong. He's right as long as things are going well. He is Christ as long as the bills are paid, as long as the kids act like somebody sometimes. And they ain't going to act like it all the times. Amen. He's right and everything's fine as long as everything's going well. But when he began to talk about that S word, that word suffer, when he said, "We're going to listen, I'm going to have to die, then he said, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, this cannot be, be it far from thee. I don't want to hear about this stuff. You realize that there was a crowd there too in, in, in other gospels as you compare these gospels together. You'll find out that he gathered a crowd. He turned around. And I mean, he, uh, brother, brother Doyle, come up to me. Uh, 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 the Bible says in verse number, verse number 22, then Peter took him. Hey, hey, physically, he took him to stop him. And he said, look, it says in verse 22, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord. Now watch what he did. He Turn. Hey, get thee behind me, Satan. He, he even, I mean, he used such strong terminology to show the seriousness of the matter. I don't believe he was flippantly using the word Satan. I believe he was talking about adversary. Listen, you're not wanting what God is wanting. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me. You are a stumbling block to me. I've got a destiny. I've got a plan. God has got something for me. And you're just standing in the way. Why? Because thou savorest the things of man and not of God. I'm going somewhere. Trust me. It took me long enough to get this. You're going to listen. Say amen. Can't help it. I left, the, I left the church this morning at 10 after 2. Tammy said, what took you so long? I said, I can't write it down that he tells me. Amen. So we're going to hear bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Amen. You can take a nap with me later. Hallelujah. I kept reading it and reading And you know the bad thing is, Brother Meher, he gave me the outline that morning in the tub. I was reading and... And, and reading in my devotion time early that morning and, 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 and Tammy, Tammy, come here, bring me a piece of paper and a pen. She said, now? And I wrote them thoughts down that God gave me and then I tried every other place in the Bible to find something and God wouldn't let me go. He kept right, right back here, right here. Let me share with you four quick things. And if you'll write them down fast, I'll, I'll give them to you fast. Jesus found... A problem. He found a hiccup. Uh, as he was teaching and as they were following him and as he was going, uh, he, he turned and the Bible said he addressed the disciples because I believe, as commentaries say, I believe he was wanting to know, do y'all feel the same way? Are, are y'all feeling the same way that Peter is? He said, I've got to share some things. There's some things you're going to have to understand. I, I, it's very important that I came. It's very important that I do these miracles. It's very important that I do these things. But there is something greater in store. There's something greater that God has for us. And there's some things that have to happen if you're going to follow me. Number one. It's right there on your notes. Give me number one. Say it with me. Say it again. He said, if, if, 
I'm glad. The Bible says, if any man come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I'm glad there's no stipulations whatsoever to come to Jesus. I'm glad you don't. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from. Hey, you can come unto him. He said, all that's required is if you're hungry, I'll give you something. If you're thirsty, I'll quench your thirst. If you're weary, I'll give you rest. Just come unto me. And there's no requirement. Requirements, but he said, if you're going to follow me. If you're going to follow me. First, he doesn't got that out of the way. Who do you say that I am? See, that, I believe that represents salvation. I, I believe with all my heart that represents where we are and our salvation experience. I believe that represents that, hey, he's getting that out of the way. Okay, now that you're saved. Now that you're saved. If you're saved, say amen. All right, now we got that out of the way. Now what? Now what? Is that enough? Is that all? He said, if any man come after me, he's proclaiming something. Hey, write this down. He's proclaiming this. Hey, write this down. He's proclaiming a sacrifice that's required. He said, there's no sacrifice to be saved. He said, I said it is finished on the cross I gave my life, but God commended his love toward us. And while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was and is the only sacrifice that's needed. He was the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But after salvation, if we are going to follow him, if we are going to be with him, if we're going to follow in his footsteps, there is a sacrifice that's required. God does require something for discipleship. The Bible says this in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now watch what he says. Which is your reasonable service. That's not going beyond the call of duty. That's not above and beyond. God said that's just the reasonable thing to do. After he's given everything to you, listen, you should sacrifice your life and give it to him. God doesn't want you to die for him. God wants you to live for him. A living sacrifice. He said, he said in verse number, verse number 24, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, watch what he says, let him deny himself. That's sacrifice. Oh, but preacher, I won't be able to. That's why it's called sacrifice. If it was all easy, it wouldn't be sacrifice. Are y'all with me? Where much is given, sacrifice. We think because we come out and it was 34 degrees, we are sacrificing today. People crawling through jungles on their hands and knees in the middle of the night just to get one page of God's Word. Sacrifice. In discipleship, there's a sacrifice that's required. Then B, there's a submission that's revealed. He says in verse number 23, Excuse me, verse number 24. First he says, let him deny himself. That's sacrifice. Say that with me. That's. But then watch this. Watch this. God showed me something last night on this. Let him deny himself and take up. Uh, by the way, your cross is not your spouse. He's just the cross I must bear. Amen. That's not true. Brother, that's not the way it is, Brother Kenneth. Amen. It just ain't that. It ain't it. I've heard people say, "This, this asthma, my asthma is the cross I must bear." That's not it neither. I've had, I've heard all kind of people say, uh, uh, and 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 also also Paul, you know, that thorn in his side, that was the cross he was bearing. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I know, God told me last night. I want He told me what it was last night. Watch this. Watch this. Look in, your, look in your notes. Look in your notes. See, that's why it's so handy to have with you right there. John 18, 37. Pilate, said, therefore, say, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou king then? This is when Jesus was in interrogation, right before he was going to be crucified. Jesus said, Thou sayest, I am a king. Now watch what he says. To this end was I... To this end, what? Crucifixion. To this end, this sacrifice, giving of my life, to this end was I born. You know what he's saying? I was born for this. 
You know, we look at, we look at some sports players like, like Tiger Woods. He was born to swing a golf club. Some people are born to throw a football. Some people are born. I mean, it just seems like everything is genetically perfect for them to accomplish what they're doing. And Jesus said, I am genetically perfect because I am the sinless Lamb of God. I was born for this end. I was born for this destiny. I was born for this day. I was born to die and give my life for the ransom for all. To this end was I born. He says this. For this cause came I into the world. Now watch what it says in John 10. This is what's going to draw it all together. Therefore does my Father love me. Now read that underlined part. Because. Say it again. Say it again. That I might take it again. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the key. No man taketh it from me. Read Read it again. But I. Take up his cross. Whose? It says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What was Jesus' cross? What was his purpose? What was his destiny? It was the cross of Calvary. He was going to hang on an old bloody cross and die for our sins. He said, that's why I came. That's why I was born. That is my destiny. That is my destination. That is my purpose for being on this life. That's why I'm breathing air so I could give my life on that old rugged cross. That was his. He said, I'm laying it down. Anytime you find Jesus in the cross, you find a willing submission to the cross. He said, I'm willing to do what God the Father has called for me to do and purpose for me to do. You say, how do I apply it to my life? You have a destiny. You have a purpose. You have a will for your life. God's will for my life is to preach His Word. God's will for my life is to stand and listen in the pulpit and proclaim the gospel whether they like it or not. Tell it like it is. Just exactly what the Bible says. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's hard to do. But that is the cross that I must bear. That is the destiny. That is the purpose. That is what God has given me. And what is He saying? He's saying this. You must deny yourself. You must find out what that destiny is. You must find out what that purpose is and begin to do and surrender and submit your life to His will. That's what the cross is. It's not a pain that you have. It's not a person that you have. It is the purpose that you have. He said, to this end was I born. I'm I'm here for this cross. I mean, this cross is specifically designed for me. When God sprouted that tree out the ground, He sprouted up just so I could hang on it to pay for the sins of this world. It's my purpose. And if you're not carrying it, you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're not following Him. He said, I did not come to do my own will, but of Him that sent me. How many times do you hear Jesus say, I must do the will of my Father. I must work while his day for the night cometh when no man can work. His whole focus was on his purpose. Brother Donnie, I've got three books on my desk. The Power in the Pulpit. Great expository preaching. Uh, Defining expository. All three of them about that thick. Brother Doyle came to my office the other day. Had him on my desk. I'm I'm in one of them just, just, just... just like, a, just like a hamster. I mean, I'm just there just nibbling on everything. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to get good at this. What are you saying? I want to carry my cross. I know what my purpose is. I know what my destiny is. And I want to be the very best that I can be. I want to carry that cross for Jesus. I want to carry, and it's not about, oh, enduring the cross. I know it gets tiresome. I know it gets difficult. But it is my purpose. It's why I was born. I was born to do this. I was born to preach the gospel. And carrying it, carrying it is not always a burden. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's difficult. But can you tell I like doing this? Hello? God shared that with me last night. Isn't that cool? 
Because so many people say, oh, it's a cross that I must bear. Oh. God's saying, hey, it's your destiny. Have you figured out what you've been born for? And most of you, before you say it, it's not what you think. Because if God is not involved in it, if it's not intertwined with God's Word and it don't line up with His Word and His will, it ain't it. Amen. Number one. Number one. Number two. Paradox. Yes, I did get a dictionary. I know what you're thinking. Paradox. You got a definition? Now watch this. It's, it should be right there in your notes. Read it with me. A. Now, I, it also said seemingly self-contradictory and absurd. But I narrowed that down so I could fit it on the paper. Say Amen. In other words, a paradox is something that seems crazy. When you say it, it doesn't make sense. It seems like it contradicts itself. That's what a paradox is. In other words, if you're going to be strong, then you must be weak. If you're going to go up, you've got to go... See how absurd that sounds? Hello? If you're going to be first, you've got to be... <laughs> A paradox. First, he says, you got to deny yourself. You got to follow me, and in following me, there are sacrifices. I've made I've made sacrifices, and I don't want to make, be no martyr by no means. I know a bunch of y'all make sacrifices, but you can't follow him without making a sacrifice. You cannot follow him without turning from something. So, sacrifice is an is an, is an intricate part of following him. But now he's saying this, let me tell you a paradox. Let me tell you something that you're not going to, it's not going to make sense and, and you're not going to understand this, but I'm telling you this is the way it is. He said, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. That doesn't make sense. If I'm going to try to save my life, then I'm going to lose it. Or if I lose my life, then I'm going to find it. That doesn't make sense at all. Watch this. The paradox. I want you to see this. A, write this down. We see the paradox of selfish ambition. If I constantly, constantly spend my life and my energy and my effort and my money and everything about me for selfish reasons, for selfish gains, for selfish ambition, if I'm constantly living my life for myself and this church and God and God's will and God's work and God's labor and God's vineyard is constantly on the back burner. It's constantly on the back shelf. And it's only there if I have time to do it. I'm constantly living for myself. You're not going to find anything. You're going to spend your life. You're going to waste your life. I, 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 help me. I had a dream last night. It's probably because I went to bed so late. But I had a dream last night that I was, I was the associate pastor in a, in a, a church of not of our affiliation. <laughs> Honest to God, I dreamed this last night. And, it, and, it, and the affiliation that it was, it was not a, not a real a loud affiliation. It was more of a monotone affiliation. And I was wired for some reason. And I went to visit a hospital room before I was supposed to be the guest speaker in this non-affiliated establishment. And I, at the hospital, and this is all in the dream, it's weird, but in the hospital room I seen somebody laying there. And in my mind, I, God was showing me, hey, one day this could be, what's it going to be when I'm there? When it's all said and done, when everything's tallied up, and, and, and one day I'm going to be there, what's it going to be worth? Well, I say, man, I thank God for all the hours I spent on the job. I thank God for all the time. Or what is going to be important to me? And I go back to this church in my dream, and I preach like a Comanche Indian. I got thrown out. But you know what? God was saying, hey, what's really important? The paradox of selfish ambition. 
I'm, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I'm going. After, I'm trying to please myself. I want to do my thing. I want to. I want to get what I want. And 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 you know what I end up getting? Nothing. The paradox of selfish ambition: He that tries to save his life shall say it with me. He that shall try to save his life shall. God's an afterthought. God's word. God's will. God's work. It's just something that we have time to get around to. God says, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. But watch this. And I use this, these specific two words on purpose. B. Write this down. The paradox not only of selfish ambition, but of sacrificial... Now, them, them two words don't go together, do they? Sacrifice means what? What's the G word? Say it with me. Give. <laughs> What's accumulate mean? get. Y'all were alliterating this morning. Sacrifice means to, but accumulation means to. So how could they, how could you put them together? Sounds like a paradox. Do you know what Jesus said? If you will lose your life for my sake, then you shall find it. There's a song, there's a song, Miss Cassidy, forgive me if I murdered this song. I just started living, found me a brand new life. He's changed my direction, washed away all my strife. I'm a newborn believer. Are y'all with me? I just started living. How many people do you know that you're witness to that was just a hell-raising, crazed maniac for the devil, lost as can be, thinking they were living it up, thinking they had it all down. I mean, painting the town red, and then they got gloriously, wonderfully. I'm talking about blood-washed, born-again, saved. They said, "Woo! I have just started living. I thought I knew what a good time was. I thought I was having a big time. But son, I'm telling you, I enjoy life now. You know what they're saying? I found it. I found it. That that I was looking for. That that I was striving for. That that I was seeking after out in this world. That I was wasting money and time and effort for. I found it when I put him first. Sacrificial. Sacrificial accumulation. You will accumulate things. You will find something when you begin to put him first. And this works in everything. When you start putting him first in your tithes, when you start putting him first in the finances, you'll start accumulating because God will start blessing what you give him and you will get back a whole lot more than you ever give. In your life too. It's a paradox. I know that's why it's so confusing. I know that's why people don't fall in line with it. It's a paradox. Why is he saying this? All this is centered around, all this is centered around Peter's statement. Lord, be it far from thee. We don't want you to suffer. We don't want you to go through it. We don't want you to go through difficulty. All this whole preaching is centered around that statement and Jesus refuting that and telling him and encouraging him, we're going to suffer, but it's going to be worth it. Number three. Number three. Not only do we see... Number one, we see the... Number two, we see the... Number three, we find the proposition. He said, let me propose something. What's the word propose mean? Say it with me. Two. He said, I want you all to think about something. First he tells him, look, if you're going to follow me, there's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be sacrifice required. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to you're gonna have to set some things aside. Then he says, and, and, and he says, I know this is going to sound crazy, but if you're going to get, you've got to give. If, you're going to, if all this stuff you're wanting to have and you're wanting to see in your life, if you try to your best to save it and do it your way, you're going to lose it. But if you put God first, you're going to find it. Then he proposes this. Something to consider. Verse number 26. For what is a man... Come on, y'all, don't get quiet now. For what is a man? 
if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, before you go to thinking somebody lost in here needs to give Jesus his soul, Brother Meherg, he's not addressing lost people. He's not teaching on how to go to heaven. He's teaching on how to be a disciple on earth. Hello? What shall it profit if a man gain the whole world? Hey, who's he talking to? Save people or lost people? He's always talking about, he's talking about the soul. You're talking about dying and going to hell. No, he's not. If you'll take the word soul and life, in the very verse before that, they're the same, same exact Greek word. And there's no way, he says in, verse, in, in the verse previous, he says, if you will lose your life for my sake, you shall find it. And he's talking about our living, our lifestyle. Our, 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 our desires and our dreams. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. I know this is a little drawn out, but stay with me. It's very important that you get this when we get to the end. He's saying everything. If you, if you dedicate your life and devote your life to me, he's saying, in other words, losing that which you want to give me what I want you to do, and as far as following my will and following my purpose for your life and doing my will, then you're going to obtain and you're going to find and you're going to see. But watch what he says. What shall it profit a man? What good will it do if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? In other words, what good is it going to be to have everything in this world and waste your life? Waste it. I was sitting in, in my dream. This is weird. Ain't it weird how they can be so real? I was sitting in that hospital room. I'm thinking about it. Where, where's it all at? Where did it all go? How many, how many of y'all are, how many are 50 years, oh boy. How many of y'all are 40 years old or older? Raise your hand. 40 years old or older. Raise it real high. Be proud, loud and proud. Here we go. How many of y'all remember when you turned 16 like it was yesterday? Y'all know that a long time ago. Where'd it go? Brother Dole, God shared something with me about you. You're where you are at the age you are and, and, and this, this may be just personal between me and you but we talked before about I should be where I'm at I should have where I'm at at my age and God told me last night <laughs> what you're doing Right now, it's counting. How you're living your life, it's counting. It's making a difference. Compared to this one over here, your age, who's got it all, and their life ain't counting for anything. I was sitting in my office and I said, wow, what he's doing is making a difference. He's living his life right now. In such a way, it's making a difference. He may not have what he thinks he ought to have, but this person over here has everything that he, he thought he ought to have, and yet they have no purpose. They have, they have no desire as far as godly things. They have no drive. And, and listen, when, 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 when they die, not going to matter 
Will you be missed when you're gone? What's your Here's the proposition. Here's something to consider. A, a question of worth. Is it worth it? All those things we think we got to have, all those things we're working our, and killing ourselves for, all those, those ways that we try to re- live our life through our children. And we make them do things they don't even want to do. Don't it bother, well, it may not bother some of y'all, but it bothers me. Little Johnny out in the field. My little girls want to play ball, unfortunately. We was out there, and I'm with them. And, and, and little Johnny's out there. No offense, Johnny. He's out there throwing his glove in the air and having a big time. And he would rather be in the sandbox. And mom and daddy's up on the bed. Get that glove on! Catch the ball! What's wrong with you? Hey, 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 hey! Does that bother anybody but just me? He could care less. Man, give him some mud and a pair of britches. He's ready. But those parents are trying to live their lives over again through their children. And when it's all said and done, what is it really worth? What have you gained? When it's all said and done. You know the bad part is this next one. He says this. What, what's it profited? If you shall gain the whole world and lose your own and wasted your life for things that didn't matter and didn't count and didn't make a difference. Or what what shall a man give in exchange for his soul or his life? Listen to this. That's a question of waste. Waste. Watch this. The next verse the next I don't even want to get to this point because I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to cry. The next verse says, because the Son of Man is going to come in His, in his glory of the Father, and, and, and He shall reward every man according to His works. How many of you, how many of you know one day you're going to stand before God? If you know that for a fact, raise your hand. And what? The Bible says every man shall give account. We're all going to stand there. Now watch what watch the question. See, did y'all notice the question mark after the end of both of these? He said, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose all? What if you get everything you're searching for out there and put God off and put God on the back shelf and put God on the back burner and you only spend time in church or in your Bible, in prayer, when you have a spare time or when, when everything's going your way, then you will give it. When you've done gained all that that you're looking for and your life is wasted and gone and you haven't done anything that's merited any worth at all. What good is it? What profit is it? But then watch this. It's the second question. You see the other question mark? Watch what it says. Say it with me. Can you put that up, Brother Barnes, if you don't mind, please, sir? Please? Pretty please? For what is a man profit? He shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What's at the end of that sentence? Or. The first one is a question of worth. What, What good is it? What's it worth? Or. Watch this. What shall a man Give in for his. The word soul there is the same word for life. He's talking about, you know what he's saying? When you stand before God and you give account for your life, what is there that you can give him to get it back? What's the word? Let me try to, let's, let's do a do-over. Let's, 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 there's no do-overs with God. Let me read a verse, or, or excuse me, a poem. It should be on your notes. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way. Bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Read it with me. Only one life and it soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done, then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before His judgment seat. Read it with me. Only one life, and it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Brother Donnie, I was sitting there the other day, and uh, Mackenzie's got a snaggle tooth because it won't come out yet. She won't let me mess with it. What is it about little kids' loose teeth? You just want to. And she won't. And she's so funny. Man, she's just goofy. Just the funniest to be around. And, 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 I, and, and I love cutting up. We was playing and we had a birthday cake the other day. And she's the biggest ham in the world. And I was having fun. And, and you know, I got to thinking about. Jordan the first one and how I didn't take the time and I didn't have fun I was how old was I where's Tammy that's it she don't even care neither amen (laughs) 19 or 20 I guess so busy, Brother Mayor, with all the things I thought was so important. You say, why are you saying all that? Because it dawned on me. I can't get it back. I remember when she come, would irritate me. Daddy, let me go coon hunting. Let me go coon hunting. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. No, no, it's too hot. No, the snake's out. No, it's too cold. I'd die for her to go with me now. But she's just out of that stage now. And I can't get it. Preacher, why are you saying all this? Your life is like a train. Every day, is an empty box car. Every day you have, God has blessed you with opportunity and potential to fill it with spiritual things. And when that day's gone, you can never go get that box car again and put something in it. He says, What are you going to do when you stand before God? with empty hands because he said you ain't going to get it back only one life to live what do you give exchange for your soul for your life there's so many people that were saved later on in life and wish to God they would have got saved here aren't these little people cool Serve Jesus now. Don't wait till you get to a place when you can't do as much as you can when you're young. You ever watch them? Running all over the place. I could make five trillion dollars if I could can that. But you know, we get to a place in our life we can't do that. Why didn't I spend more? Why didn't I take God more seriously? When you get there, and you're going to get there, what are you going to tell Him? What a proposition. But then He says this. Last of all, say it with me, number four. (coughs) Number one. Number one. Number two. Number four. (laughs) I just had to do that. I'm sorry. I've always wanted to do that. Amen. 
Let's try it again. Number one. Number two. Number three. Proposition. He says, I want you to think about some things. And aren't those two things to be thinking about? Then last of all, now I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go buy Jordan dinner. You can't always make up for lost time, but you can sure try. You can sure try. Number four, promise. What's the promise? He said, put, put that verse up for me, Brother Barnes. When I seen this last night, I about had a fit. Either that or I was just so tired I couldn't keep my eyes open, one or the other. But watch this. This is cool. What got the conversation started? What got this whole line of teaching started? From that time forth, he began to say that he must suffer and... That's what started everything. Now watch what he says. Verse 27, please. Verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the... He's going to suffer, and he's going to die. But that's not the end of the story. When he said he would suffer and die, Jay, it got them all tore out the frame. He got to talking about sacrifice. He got to talking about losing his life. He got to talking about giving things up and, and going through difficulty. And man, that got them all sideways. He said, but let me finish what I started. Let me give you a verse. Write in your notes, Philippians 2, 5. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now watch this. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. I shouted right there last night. I got to giggling. I couldn't help it. He became obedient unto death. In other words, death couldn't do a thing with him till he allowed it to be. He became obedient unto death. And it says, even the death of the cross, wherefore, wherefore, say amen, wherefore, because of that, because he submitted because he surrendered, because he gave himself willingly to be sacrificed on the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said, they're going to put a crown of thorns on my head. They're going to beat me on my back. They're going to spit in my face and pluck my beard. They're going to crucify me on an old rugged cross. But that is not the end of the story. That is not the final page. That's not the final chapter because I'm coming again. He may have started with a crown of thorns, but he's coming back with a crown of glory. And on his vesture is a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 19, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He's the white horse rider. Say amen. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes was a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Where do we find that? John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Later on in that chapter, it said, And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we... He beheld his glory as of the only glory of the Father. Say amen. He said on his vesture was the name, the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, wide and clean. And out of his mouth go the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations and shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. You may start with the cross, but you're going to end up with a crown. Amen. 
You may, oh, hallelujah, you may start in a tomb, but you'll end up on the throne. Say amen. You may start as a sacrifice, but you'll end up the sovereign. You're going to come back. He said, don't worry about suffering. Don't worry about sacrifice. Don't worry about dying because everything's going to be all right. You must die unless a corn of wheat die and go into the ground. It abideth alone. But if it die, oh, hallelujah. He said, I'm going to die one day, but I'm coming back in power and great glory. Why are you getting all excited? Because what you sacrifice, what you give up, you think in your mind, it's going to be worth it one day. Paul said, all these things that I give up, I've, I've, I've lost in abundance, but I counted but dung that I might win the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, there ain't nothing worthy. There ain't nothing worth. Listen, everything I give up, it didn't matter to a hill of beans. As long as I win Christ, that I may know Him and the power of His, listen, resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. He's coming back. And He ain't going to wear a crown of thorns. He's not. That sandal-wearing picture that you see on the side of buses, listen, on people's T-shirts and everything else. He's not what you think he is. John laid his head on the, the chest of the Lord and spent time and was close to him as he walked up and down the streets of Bethlehem. But when John seen the glorified Lord Jesus Christ on the Isle of Patmos, on John chapter, excuse me, a Revelation chapter 1, the Bible said he fell at his feet as dead. He's not what man is portraying him to be. He's Lord of lords and King of kings. But he suffered and died so he could rule and reign. We're going to sacrifice. Yeah, we're going to have to give up some things. Yeah, we're going to have to suffer. But the final results, the final results, don't look at me now. Look at what I'm going to be. <laughs> don't get bent out of shape when you see the whip across my back. Don't get sideways when you see the blood flowing down my face. Just remember one day, I'm coming back in glory, Bo. I'm coming back in glory. The final results. And last of all, listen to promises. Final results and a future reward. A future reward, and I'm done. It says, The Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels and he shall reward every man according to his. What's yours going to look like? What's yours going to look like? When your train makes it home, It says, lay up, lay up treasures in a train's coming by. Each day is a train. Each day is a boxcar. You're investing your life in the things of God. And you're investing in, in eternal things. And that train's going to heaven to lay up for you what you put in it. When it gets to heaven, and the train workers in heaven go to unload your train, what are they going to find? Will they need to take the day off? Or will they be busy unloading things stored up in heaven on that note this coming Friday this coming Friday we're going to have our first meeting for the in care ministry for our congregational care we've had a lot of people come and say we want to get involved in this is kind of like the, the care ministry for our first time attenders this is a care ministry this year we're going to try to do our very best to care for our congregation for shut ins and 
those that are out sick and so forth and so on. And we're going to have a meeting, 7 o'clock, brother, brother. I say 7, was that 7 o'clock this coming Friday? The church is going to provide pizza. The church is going to provide pizza, so you don't have to worry about dinner. And, and we're going to have our first meeting to talk about that and, and, and lay out everything we're going to be doing. And if you'd like to be involved, we'd love for you to. Now, I, I would like to do this, if possible. If you're already involved in a bunch of things, I'd rather you just stay right where you are. I want to give opportunities for those that are not involved in other things. Now, if you're just involved in one other thing or two other things maybe, but if you're involved in a lot of things, stay with where you are. But we're going to get together and, and, and work this out and get involved to do what? Lay up for ourselves. If you don't forget anything, or if you forget everything and don't remember nothing, I want you to remember this. Say this with me. My life, every day, is a boxcar. What am I putting in it today? Because you won't never get it back again. Lord, we thank you for your blessings and your mercy.